In this episode of Eager to Know, a great tip for initiating creativity, a science fair project gone right, and the person that made my guests think that being a gardener was cool. We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McEachran, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Ernesto Lopez is the owner of Chicago-based Oak Leaf Garden Design. I just love talking to him, learning about the origins of his interest in gardening and how he always sees the potential of things before he begins. We start our conversation with one of the unique aspects of what he does. It combines both creativity and biology. So there's something about what you do that I find very interesting and unique because it is a combination of both creativity and biology. So you're, it's like you're creating something, but do you have to like plan ahead of like what it's going to look like? Um, a month from now, and like how much of the how much of a balance between biology and creativity is what you do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think like any creative person, I don't know, you do a lot of paintings, right? So like i I can always see the outcome before it's even on paper or if it's even in a planter or if it's like a garden that's not even started or anything i always see the potential in something before i even begin so it's always like i always look at architecture of things i always look at what's the surrounding what you know there's so much that comes into play when you're working with plants and um you know the first thing i always think about is color i'm a color guy okay. um i think ever ever since like a, a little kid i remember in the seventh grade we had to do a science fair project right and my science fair project was the effects of different colors on the peperomia plant. So like even on the what on the what plant? The peperomia or peppermonia. What is it? It's so it's an indoor plant. It's okay. like an indoor tropical plant. They come in all they're little little small guys. They don't get too big. Okay. They come in all different colors. Primarily primarily like different shades of green. There's even some silver ones. But uh you can find them at Home Depot or at, you know, any local garden center. But they're they're a pretty hardy indoor plant. And um but I was always curious, like different lights and, you know, how they affect our moods or how they affect the growth of things. And of course, I had like the primary color lights um, and, and like a little shoe box. Like I remember going to the to the store and we got like a cardboard shoe box and we cut out the back. and We would put these different colored lights. So you actually were growing, th- you were growing this plant with different colored lights to see how it what what the result was? Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was in the seventh grade because I was always fascinated by color and I was always fascinated by plants. And in in the seventh and eighth grade, you know, I would I would draw a lot, and I had an art teacher who was very like a mentor, and she would always press me to do things. And I always wanted to draw cartoons, and I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was a kid, but I could never draw people. So she always like had like this mentorship in me. She would always push me to take a look at color, take a look at composition. So then in seventh grade, we had to do this science fair project. And I was like, I'm going to work with color and plants. So was your, so that's interesting that you're, I mean, were you passionate about plants at that age in seventh grade? Or was that sort of the first time you were, you brought them to the forefront because it was science? Yes and no. Okay. Um, so 
I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, and um, my mother's father, um, my grandpa C, as we call him, he was like this really cool greaser dude, like slick back hair, wore the white t-shirt, wore black polyester pants, and Chuck Taylors, like he was the dude of dudes. And I always admired that about him, but he spent his summers uh, gardening. So he would be like, he had these huge vegetable gardens. So, and, so he made gardening cool. Oh, yeah. It was just like, <laughs> I want to be like him, you know? And so that was kind of like my first, you know, prick of the of the thorn, if you, if you could say, of like the rose. You know, it's just like, that's really cool. And I always admired that. And I would always admire how he would get lost out there and mm -hmm. was just spent all day out there. And then kind of seeing the the rewards of everything and, and the food to the table and the flowers in the garden. So that was kind of like my first introduction to plants. And I was just always so amazed by the color and the texture and the different shapes. And I could just, I'm a very visual person. So I would just see it and I could just step back and I could be like, wow, that's amazing. And that was like started probably like age five or six. And when it came time for that science project, it was like taking that love of art and taking that like soon to be love of plants and combining them and seeing what the outcome was. I think little did I know what it would come to down the road. Yeah, that's so that's amazing that you had the combination of those two things that young. That that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just there's just something about plants and art that just go together that kind of work together but so separately when you take the the color aspect and you take the design aspect but you also take in like you had mentioned, the botany or the horticulture part of it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of different umbrellas. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, because uh, I'm a huge cook, and it kind of reminds, but I'm not a big plant guy. Like, I, well, I liked, um, I had a vegetable garden, and I, and I liked that, but um, I wouldn't, I'm obviously not as passionate about it as you. But, the, you know, when you have the biology combined with the creativity, that reminds me of cooking. Because cooking's kind of the same way. You obviously have the creative element of it, but there's also the biology of the actual um, ingredients. You know, you're dealing with eggs, you're dealing with flour. There's things that you just can't change that you have to work within. Um, and you kind of use those to create something, um, but you're working with the constraints of your materials. It's We don't really have that so much in like painting, maybe a little bit. Because you have, you know, obviously you have constraints of paints and terpenoid and all that. Mm -hmm. But I definitely find more of a, um, like a correlation between the, um, the, the cooking and, and the plant plants. So one thing that you mentioned that um, I think is so interesting about um, gardening, it, you had mentioned when you were a kid, like seeing like the harvest and you, you kind of alluded to that. And like the idea that you're, you you're creating a farm to table. So I think that's a very interesting and obvious part of gardening is that you start from nothing and you end up with these amazing things that are tasty and beautiful. And so was that something that um, like got act activated your brain when you were a kid? I think so. Um, you know, and, and I think as a kid, you just, I mean, yeah, I, I think it activated the, the, my, my creativity and it activated the sense of um, wonder and the sense of like, oh, I'm eating good food. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I I don't think later on, like I'm not a vegetable grower now. Like I'm mo mostly into ornamentals and stuff like that. More of a your flower and uh type of garden. But there was just something about 
there was just something about watching my grandfather out there growing and bring it inside. And just, I can remember like being out in the garden and eating the tomatoes, right? Fresh from the, from the, from the plant, or they would keep green onions in the, in the refrigerator. And we would just eat green onions right out of the refrigerator, mm. throw salt on it, which is kind of weird. Now I wouldn't do it, but like, right. that's, I looked forward to that stuff. And that's like, you know, the smell too. There's also that, there's also that element of aroma with, with working with plants, you know? So it's like, Kind of like going back to what you said, like about being a cook, you know, it's like all these little different ingredients make something, make this big thing that you don't know, you have this idea how it's going to turn out, but it's also alive. So there's also that other incorporation yes. that's just like, this is a living thing. Yep. I know how this should grow, yeah. right? In its perfect environment. But then we deal with like so many different things all the time that it's just like, oh, I guess that one didn't work, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, I can put the most perfect plant in the most perfect spot and then it dies. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, that's a bummer. Well, I think you're probably making a lot of people who are listening listening to this feel a lot better <laughs> because people are always complaining about how they can't keep plants alive. You know, people are always talk, I joke about that. So it's good. They, it probably makes them feel better to know that even happens to professionals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love the joke. It's just like, you know, when you go to a party and you find out someone's a doctor, right? And they're like, oh, my God, this thing is hurting me. What do you think it is? The thing I always get when people say, oh, what do you do? It's like, oh, I work, I'm, you know, I'm a landscape designer, you know, I work with plants. I have this plant at home that does this, this <laughs> X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, I don't. You know, I don't know your house. I don't know what, you know, you're not describing the plant perfectly. So it's like diagnosing on the spot. I think it's so comical and so right. funny. But yeah, you're right. Like, you know, you can have the most perfect plant, you know, in the most perfect spot and it doesn't work out. So everyone out there, you're okay. It's a plant. But uh, yeah. So tell me about your creative journey. Um, you know, obviously it sounds like there was a, something happened when you were a kid and you were into color and art and then you got into plants. Um, but it, I know, because I know you outside of this podcast, I know that you went into some other things as well. Can you tell me about your creative journey and how you got to where you are now? Oh, sure. You know, it's funny because I don't think of myself as a creative person. I've always been drawn to creativity. Um, and, you know, so I was in high school and, um, uh, you know, you're finding your first jobs and stuff like that. And one of my friends worked at The Gap. And I was like, that seems like a fun job. And this was like in the 90s when The Gap was really cool. Mm -hmm. And um, so he got a job there. I was like, I'm going to get a job there. And immediately I was like, I was like, I need to do those windows in front of the store, like work with those mannequins. And I was just so like, I was immediately drawn to that. It's like, oh, you can put on display and people could look at it. Or like you could create this illusion. Yeah, you were Rotor. You wanted to be Rotor Morgenstern. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, it's just like I. I thought these people were magicians. Yeah, okay. you know, it was just like that's cool. I want to get to do that. And you know, so they were like, "Well, why don't you go ahead and do it?" You know, I was like, "All right." So you know, it was like, of course, in the first time you're just like it's sloppy. It's all over, all over the place. But I think that's part of the creative process. It's just like go ahead have that passion and do it. And if it's messy, who cares? Because you could always scale back. And that's what I find through my creative process. It's like the beginning of something is always messy, doesn't make sense, but by practicing, you get so much better at it. But, but yeah, and that applies to anything. Yeah. I mean, that applies to snowboarding. It applies to learning how to make a quiche. I'm sure it 
it applies to if someone is a lawyer, when you first start doing that, it's probably a little difficult, messy, and challenging. Mm -hmm. But with anything, you know, the brain is very, the human brain is very interesting and it Ooh. adapts and learns quickly. So eventually, you know, with anything you do, you will become more comfortable with it. Yeah. So it was, you know, that was my first kind of like, interest and in like, oh, there's creative fields out there that you could do for a living. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got, I worked at The Gap for a long time. And then I went to fashion school in New York City and I was majoring in fashion merchandising. And I was like, this is a cool thing. And I... So that's, is that the same, similar to what you did at The Gap? Like, yeah. Okay. So you got excited about what happened at The Gap in high school. Fall and into then, The and Gap. You fell into The Gap <laughs> and then you went to New York to actually pursue that as a career. Okay. Yeah, and it was more so like visual merchandising. That's what I loved. It's like creating these like moments for people to stop, pay attention. It's like, oh, all the creativity for me is make, making people stop, having that moment to take a look at something that's like out of your busy life to kind of pause and be like, hmm, what is going on here? Or, hmm, that's beautiful. Or, hmm, maybe I want to buy that. So that's what I find about like, having this visual merchandising element um, and having this this plant background is just making people stop what they're doing and take a moment from themselves and kind of appreciate what's happening. I never really thought of that way. So it sounds like the fa the merchandising really set you up for what you're doing now. Oh, totally. Things that make you go, hmm. Mm. You know, it's so in fashion, we work in four seasons, right? You know, spring, summer, fall, autumn. Um, and in, in the gardening world, it's the same thing. Spring, summer, autumn, fall. I'm, I'm leaving one out. Uh, winter. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love the fall, so that's why probably why I said it twice. And, and since you, No, and since you live in Chicago, you hate the winter. Because, right? Because everybody hates winter who lives here. I'm, I'm realizing. Yeah. Boo to well, winter. I think it's fine. I'm from Boston. We are, we're fine with it. For some reason, people here are very passionate about how much they dislike winter. But that's it, but that's another topic. And I even grew up here and I'm sick of winter. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have four seasons in fashion, right? We have four seasons of gardening. And then in in fashion, it was about color, it was about texture, it was about style, it was about creating a big impact with something. So this visual merchandising aspect now plays into gardening. So when I think about gardening, I think of I think of texture, I think of style, I think of color, and I think of the longevity of something. So it's like what I learned in fashion really did, like you, like you said, set me up for success in the gardening world. And it's just like, you know, it's in, especially with visual merchandising, you always look from highs to low, like what's really tall to what's really low. You know, what catches someone's eye? Of course, something high, you know, or a mannequin or a poster or something is going to catch someone's eye if they're looking up. And then your eye always travels down. It's the same thing with gardening. You see, oh, there's a tall tree. And then your eye works all the way down to the ground cover. So it's just highs to lows. So it's, yeah, it's kind of really taking those elements and moving them into plant life. Cool. Now, how much of what you do is... Um like with your clients, do you come in, do you come into their home and just do it? Do you show them how to do it? Do you do classes? Like, tell me about your product and service offering. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, 
you know, I in 2013, I entered into the Martha Stewart American Made contest. And that was where they had all these divisions of like food, home, style, DIY, garden and floral. So I was like, I'm going to throw myself into this contest. And then uh, Oakleaf Garden Design, that's the name of 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 of, of what what I do and um, we won in 2013. So was the business established at that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been kind of going on since then. And that's when I started in New York. And then now we brought it over here to Chicago. Okay. So that was kind of a, a, a nice way to kind of set the tone for the company is where we were doing some floral. So like doing weekly floral arrangements for uh, clients for retail stores in New York. And okay. I was also doing a lot of container design because if you think about Manhattan, everything is either in the air there's not much ground space. So you're doing a lot of container design. Sure. So I brought all those elements from that I learned in New York over here to Chicago. So what what kind of I do now is like I do we do workshops. So we do like uh, workshops like terrarium design. We do like this really cool thing in the fall with like we do pumpkins and succulents on them. And we talk about um, where plants come from and we talk about design and how that kind of works with the eye and how to follow that. Now, do people go to your facility or do you go to their home or um, a neutral location? Yeah. So I go to people's homes and people have parties. That sounds like a great party is to hire you because I'm always about having parties where there's an activity because mm. it makes it more interesting. And plus, when you have people, when you have a um, like a diverse set of friends who don't know each other, if there's some sort of activity involved, it gives people something to discuss and talk about. Yeah. I always call it like the new Tupperware party. Okay. You know, it's like bringing product to someone's house and then creating something with it. And you get a chance because people always like we kind of were talking about earlier, it's like, I kill plants, I kill plants. So it's a great way to have conversations with people, like how to take care of plants, uh, you know, and also we're creating something so they also can take something home with them. And that's what I love about it. It's like, come, make, and take it home. And people are always like, oh my God, that's so amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, right? and we have so much fun with it. And what I also love about it is that I get to take a step back and see how people work creatively. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, I would have never thought about doing that before. Yeah. So it's for me as an artist, as a creative person, I'm always like, oh, then it starts all these little these little tidbits of information of like, oh, maybe I could do something this way or, oh, maybe I could add that to that. So that's what I love about these workshops. Cool. So we do workshops and then um, and then I also do garden design consultations for people. So I'll go into someone's home and They'll be like, well, this is my yard. Do you have what what ideas do you have? Or and I work with clients to kind of to 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 feel like, oh, what's your desired outcome? Are you using the 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 garden to relax? Are you looking to entertain? Those are some of the questions we do. But I do a lot of container design in, in Chicago, which I love because it's you can do all the four seasons, which which I love, spring, summer, fall, and winter. And it's like creating that one little moment in front of someone's house yeah. or their backyard. Yeah. And it's that impact of color. It's that impact of texture. Um, yeah, I just, I love container gardening. It's really simple and it's easy. And it just always makes me happy. Good. Yeah. How much of what you do is like the business part of it? Because there's like the creative element and, uh, you know, in the actual fun part. But then there is the, because you're running a business, mm -hmm. how much of it is that? Oh, it's called making the dollar? Yes. Yeah. So this goes back to my fashion days. So when I when I was a 
buyer, we had to manage a profit, right? It's like I worked at spreadsheets all the time in Excel. So it was once again, going back to that fashion background, it was just like, okay, I need to make a profit. I need to make a margin. So it was like, probably now looking at it, it's, of course, it's like, probably like 50% of my business. Like I'll go home each night and I'll count up all the product that I use. And I look at my profit margins and I look about and I look at what can I've done better today? Um, taking a look at, um, margins, taking a look at how much product I use. That's a big thing. It's just like, how much product do I need versus how much product I use? Yep. I always overbuy implants because more is always better for me, <laughs> but sometimes you can't fit everything in, in the desired location. So it's like taking a look at, uh, the inventory and, and what I need and what I don't need and scaling back on that. Um, and also looking at, um, you know, the, the general the general profitability of the company. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, when you got into this, was, would you have considered this like a risk for you to get into this business um, that you were like afraid of doing, the fears associated with doing this? Can you tell me about like the emotional aspect of getting into a business like this? Oh, yeah. So there's always the fear of it's not going to work. You know, at least for me, there is. But then there's just something of like, no, I really love doing this. There's the passion of of working with plants. There's a spirituality aspect of it. So it's like getting my hands dirty and like feeling like uh, feeling uh, accomplished at the end of the day. So that's the part for me that I that I that I really love of it. Um, did you not have that in other jobs that you did? Oh no. Fashion was like so fast, 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 fast. And at the end of the day, you were working 12 hours and I was like, Oh my God, that wasn't fulfilling. So this for me of being a fulfilling job of like creating moments, going back to that moment of making people stop and taking a look at nature and taking a look at beauty. Um, but also creating those moments for a homeowner, for them to be able to sit outside and enjoy the summer, enjoy their their surroundings. So that that so what I always love about a garden is you plant it and you sometimes never go back to it again. What do you but mean? But someone so you plant it. You and, mean oh, you never go back? Yeah, I never go oh. back. But that garden still lives on. Yeah. So it's almost like you're just like an artist. Like you make this painting. And it still lives on. So like my creativity, my passion and my and this garden is installed or it's designed and it's curated, but it still lives on without me there. And I, that's the part I kind of like love about my job. It's just like no matter where I am, that garden's there. So do you ever think about like, I wonder if like Susie and Jane are like <laughs> having a glass of wine, enjoying my garden that I designed for them right now. Right. Like barb out in the suburbs. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would be thinking about that all the time. Oh, I do think about it. And then like, I'll be driving in the car. I'm like, Ooh, I wonder about that garden. I'm like, yeah. I need to take a drive by, by that one yeah. because it's always like, Going back to like, oh, you always think these things are going to work out, but then you sometimes return back and you're like, oh, it's a bed of weeds, you know? <laughs> so there's always that aspect, but it's just, it's okay. And it's like the, the cyclical part of gardening. It's the evolution of gardening. But then sometimes you go back to something and you're like, oh my God, that did exactly what I thought it would. And it's thriving so good. And, and, and then you just have that moment of where it's like, oh, I feel really good about what I do. Oh. Yeah. So it's like just taking a step back and just being like, this is fulfilling. You know, there's there's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of 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 peace about it. Um, there's a sense of uh, 
creativity. Um, and, and most importantly, I just, it's, it's really nice to work with other people and make them, making them happy at the end of the day. So as I mentioned, I'm a big cook and I'm always talking to people about cooking and the way that we consume food and, you know, meats and vegetables is we just go to the grocery store and we just buy them. And I don't think that people fully connect that anything that you buy that's a plant once was a seed Mm. and it went through this journey that someone had to grow it and it started as a seed and now it is whatever, whatever you are eating. Um, and I think when I started gardening as an adult, I found that growing vegetables, mostly vegetables, herbs, and some flowers, that aspect of it was kind of amazing and surprising, um, how you can't control it and it just keeps going and going and it's just something you can't rush it. You can't speed it up. You can't slow it down. Like it's on its own schedule. Mm-hmm. And it really, I mean, it, this is obviously something that you're very comfortable with, uh, familiar with, but it just really b- kind of blew me away when I was in my late 20s when I started growing vegetables, like this whole process. Yeah. You know, the, the whole growing process and like watching something from from a seed that, that could potentially be something because sometimes when we plant that seed it doesn't always work yeah so that's the uh, other you know it's always like the want want part or it's just like oh but yeah just seeing the first leaves come up and this whole care and nurturing of of watering something taking care of something the sunlight the oxygen like all those though that's the science part of everything right the 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 um the soil and the nutrients in there um you know i think there's you know it's just like taking care of a child sometimes mm-hmm. or taking yeah. care. I always tell people it's like taking care of a dog. You know, you need to nurture it. You need to take care of it. You need to take, you know, need to take it out on walks and stuff like that. But there is just, you know, sometimes I'll go plant like a little arugula seed that's just like so small. And then all of a sudden it starts to sprout. And then you start to see the leaf come up. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're watering it and you're watering it and you see all, all, all everything happen right in front of your eyes. And then like, then you cut it and then you take it home and then you're eating it. And it's just like, whoa. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Like I grew, this started as a seed and I always find it so interesting when I, when I grew stuff from pots in my house, because I would end up, I would grow like basil mm. and it's, I started it from a seed and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Like I'm eating this delicious basil and it came from dirt. Like, I didn't put anything basil-flavored into this dirt. Like, it came from dirt and created this basil leaf out of, I don't know how it even works, but it basically just takes nutrients, and it's a little basil factory in there, and it, cre- <laughs> and it creates basil. And it was just from this pot sitting in my my living room, and I thought that, that, that was fascinating and exciting. I mean, I suppose some people don't get excited over these things, oh, but no. I know you and I do. Oh, I do. Like, I... I it's like uh it's magic it is magic it's magic it and is. i just i when i'm gardening and i think about that stuff and i'll look at a flower i'm like you came from a little seed mostly little seed i'm like and all of a sudden there's this plant right and this plant is just forming leaves and all of a sudden the stalk comes up and then you start to see the buds on the stalk come and then all of a sudden there's the bud and it gets juicier and then all of a sudden it starts to 
open and then you start to see this color and this texture and then it opens pow then you get the smell yeah and all of that is from nothing but water dirt and sun mostly yeah yeah and it's just like hmm so simple yeah you know but so complex yeah you know that's 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 the part i love about it is just like taking a look at something and just being like whoa that was made from that yeah or but like you know putting it just giving something water and paying attention to it like what it the potential of something that it could be yeah what do you tell people who because people are always complaining about you know that they can't maintain their plants um what sort of do you give guide guidance to people oh yeah so what I at these workshop people are always like, I can't keep plants alive. Or when I'm in conversations with people, like at a cocktail party or at an art opening or something like that, I always say, get yourself on a schedule. So what I do mm. is like I know Sundays are my perfect day to go around the house, water all my house plants, and take a look at them. So I tell people set an alarm for whatever day works best for you to remind yourself. Like Sundays at ten o'clock, I'm gonna give myself fifteen minutes to look at the plants and you're going to get yourself in a routine. You're going to get your plants in a routine and mm. they're going to expect it. You can go up around with the watering can. You can check for bugs. You can check, you know, for like how things are growing. So it's all about a routine with plants. It's like, you know, just like a dog, you know, they're on a routine. You get up, take them out, you know, take them out in the morning, take them out in the afternoon, take them out at night. It's just the same thing with plants. You, if you get them in a routine, they'll love you for that. That's what I always just tell people. Give yourself 10, 15 minutes a week you'll see how much water it needs how much water it doesn't need is it reaching for sunlight um is it in the right spot do you need to switch plants out do you need to fertilize it and people always over fertilize plants especially really? indoor yeah especially indoor house plants you don't need to fertilize plants that much especially tropicals um if you do fertilize plants you're fertilizing them in the summer months when they're doing all their growing and you really need to let them go through a hibernation period from the fall and winter. I recently heard that. Yeah. I heard that you water less and you fertilize less in the winter. Yeah, you let them kind of go through their their hibernation. Is of course, you know, things are always growing when the temperature's warm, mostly depending on the plant and when there's more sunlight. So it's like of course, you kind of when you're growing the most, you need the more nutrients and you need that, you know, all those little different um elements to to help the plant go, but you know, during the winter months, they're, they're, they're taking it easy. You know, that's what I want to do. They're taking it easy. So yeah, don't, don't over fertilize them. You know, there's, we can go to a whole other conversation about over fertilization and what it's doing to the environment. Stay tuned. Okay. Oh, but, to yeah. the environment. Oh yeah. That's a big issue. It's, a huge, it's, it's kind of an alarming issue actually. So less fertilizing actually helps the planet in 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 a, in, a, in a long way. And that's what kind of I'm passionate about is like using less fertilizer. What about coffee? I heard you can use coffee as fertilizer. Is that accurate? It is accurate. Tomatoes love it. But you know, you have to be careful of where you put in the coffee grounds because it's very acidic. Okay. So if a particular plant doesn't like, you know, the, the acid part of of the coffee, you can probably do more harm than you are doing good. What about the ashes from my fireplace? Oh, I've never heard of that one. Okay, because I thought that's what fertilizer was. I thought that it was ashes. I forget. I, maybe maybe I'm thinking about soap. Oh, right. but no, no fertilizer is <laughs> the like... wrong in wrong invention. No, that might have been soap. That's hilarious. I think I think ashes and animal fat make soap. So that's so Fight Club. I think so. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but no, a lot of fertilizer is chicken poop. Oh, okay. believe it or not. Yeah, sorry, people, but it is. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're doing like, 
miracle grown stuff like that. It's more, it's other stuff, but yeah. yeah. But fertilizer, be careful with it. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you don't consider yourself a creative person or that like creativity isn't like uh, the core of what you do. I don't want to put, I'm probably not repeating this correctly, but tell me about like how creativity is part of your journey and part of your current experience. Sure. Um, You know, I don't consider myself a creative person because I think creativity just lives within me. So it's like something I've never, like some people are like, oh, I'm a creative person. And I'm just like, "Mm, okay, I just think it lives through me. So it's always been a part of me. I've never really stopped and think of just like, oh, I'm a creative person. It's just like, I just do it. I have never heard that. That is a great response. And I have never heard of that. Okay. It's almost like, well, I'm not a breather. I breathe. But I'm not a, I don't consider myself a breather. It just happens, right? You either got it or you don't. No, and it's not even either you got it or you don't. It's just, that's the way my brain works. Yeah. Like I just see the image before anyone else and I'll tell someone that and like, don't you see that? And they're like, no. But I'm like, no, it's, can't you add this, add this, add this? And they're like, no, I don't see it. I'm like, that's just the way my mind works. And I think if I do take a step back, I'm like, that's, the creativity that lives within me. Yeah. So do you have any, for people that are listening, mm-hmm. do you have anything that you can tell folks about activating the creativity in in themselves or in their lives? Um, some pieces of advice, tips, guidelines? Yeah, get off the internet. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, no. Where I find most of my inspiration is going on walks. I love that. Like With or without music? Either or depends on the day. Okay, depends now, on what if I want to sing or if I don't want to sing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So do you bring your phone with you? I do because then I'm snapping photographs. Um, when I'm walking around, I take a look at a lot of things. Okay. I take a look at our gardens, of course. Like yep. how are things are going, how people are putting things together, styles and trends. I also look at people's clothes. Okay. I'm very into people, like how people are putting things together. And I always, always look at people's shoes. There's just something about looking at people's shoes that tell, they tell you who they are before you even, I think, get to know a person or what they do or their background or their creativity. And then I also look at, um, I also hear the noise. This is like taking Mm -hmm. a stop and listening at like the noise and how that's kind of uh, fluctuating. Um, my brain and how it kind of sparks new things about the rhythm of everything. Hmm. Um, I also look at any kind of stores that I go through for inspiration or creativity and looking at windows and stuff like that. So you will go for a walk in a, like an urban setting where it's, you know, stores and stuff like that, not like walk through the woods or either? Both. Um, I think there's the spirituality or there's the calming part of like walking through a forest. And I just did that a couple of weeks ago. And I went, I sat down there and I just took out my sketch pad and I just looked at what was front of me and I just started sketching. So that's where I kind of find my inspiration. It doesn't even matter if you draw good or not. Um, it's like kind of taking a look at what's in front of you and putting it down on paper and then taking a walk. And then I start to notice like, oh, the bark of something or the layers of of the forest or the sounds. And it was just like the frogs are starting to come out. So it's like finding this creativity that lives all around us, whether it be in the forest, in the country, um, in an urban environment. There's just always so much to look at. And kind of going back to the like taking a stop 
and taking a look at what's in front of you, I think really inspires creativity. It's just like, hmm. I always, my always phrase is like things that make you go, hmm, like the song. It's just like, I've never saw that before. I've never heard that before. Or I've never really thought of putting those things together. Yeah. And I'm always a big proponent, like anything you ever need is always right in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, we just sometimes have to wipe the, wipe the glasses um, or just notice those things. So I think that is one of the best pieces of, of guidelines I have heard since doing this podcast is go, is telling people to go for walks and really and to get off the internet because I think that uh, you know people are obviously super you when you're coming home from work your brain is just so mm. overwhelmed with thoughts and feelings and emotions and people will go on the internet or go on watch television as a way to sort of zone out. Um, and I think going for a walk and when I do walks, I do not bring my phone. So I am not listening to music and I can't check news. I can't get text messages and you just go out for a walk and doing exactly what you just described, which is paying attention and listening. And I think that particularly when you do it outside, I, you know, I live near the lake so I can go near the lake and I'm kind of away from the city. And what I like about that is it's such a timeless experience because it's the same experience that somebody would have had 50 years ago in the same way, like, you know, gardening, it's the same, you know, growing a garden is the same experience that people have had for hundreds of years. And so it's sort of like something that's core about being a human, I feel, mm. as opposed to the internet, which is just something that is so artificial and just happened, uh, you know, in the past, whatever years, but going for a walk and gardening or running um, or even going to, you know, in an urban setting, um, it's a little, it can be very timeless people watching. Oh yeah. And I think it's really, I think it's a great way to, um, inspire creativity. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you were kind of even saying with the internet and this whole thing, it's, I always think for the business aspect parts like Instagram, right? I look at Instagram all day for inspiration sometimes, or just like, oh, I need to post this for my business so people can let me know, so people can know that I'm out there and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, I get so angry at, at, at that like Instagram or social media. It's just like I spend so much time trying to c capture this one moment. And I just like, can't you come and see it for yourself? You know, yeah. so it's like and the filters we everyone puts on things. It's just like when I post a picture on, on Insta or social media, it's I don't filter them. I'm just like, this is this is what I see. This is what I want you to see. I don't want you to see this imperfect plant i don't want you to see this imperfect or filtered thing it's just like no this is what i see this is what you're gonna see it's like yeah. i don't want to see those things i don't want to live in this illusion you know of, of something i want to live in what things could be right so this was great thank you so much this was a a conversation unlike anything else i've ever had because uh, i'm oftentimes having musicians and visual artists so when you agreed to do this, I was super excited because I love plants and mm. botany and horticulture. Um, so I was very excited to have you on. So I thought this went great. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me. I was very much looking forward to this. So thank you for your time. You are welcome. And where can people learn more about uh, your products and services that you offer? Going back to the internet, uh, <laughs> you can find us at oakleafgardendesign.com. And we're, that's also our Instagram um, handle, Oakleaf Garden Design. So that's where you can find us. Okay, great. Thank you. 
My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.